0: and one by one where we take a film out of the wonderful book a thousand and one movies you must see before you die discuss it analyze it and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book my name is adam saint john and i am ian woodington now we have a thousand and one by one history being made today episode 22 Ian and i will always bring you uh, a movie that we recommend for the week unplanned yeah, no, we we don't tell each other. We, we don't. We, we try to surprise each other. That's part of the fun. Yeah, it's part yeah. of the fun is we don't we don't let the other one know what it is that we're gonna talk about. But I called this one. You did. I, but, I, yes, I nailed did. it. Um, and we both kind of picked a movie, not necessarily similar in theme, but but similar in in tone and some of the bigger questions. Uh, that was close to the our, our main movie that we're going to talk about today. But our recommendation for this week is... First Reformed. Yes. First Reformed, the, the new Paul Schrader movie. Uh, he wrote and directed it, and... If you don't know who Paul Schrader is, he wrote Taxi, Taxi Driver.
1: Driver. And if you don't know who Paul Schrader is, you should probably read more.
0: Sure. Yeah. If, you, I mean, if you're listening to us and it's a film podcast, you should definitely look into him. He's his he's an interesting yeah. fellow. He's had quite a time of it. Yeah. Um And... So, first performed is Ethan Hawke. And yes, Amanda Seyfried is in it, and so is Cedric the Entertainer, which is kind of uh, interesting yeah. that he's in this. I-, I can't pick out anybody else by name in this movie. I know I've seen, there's a couple of faces I recognize, especially the guy
1: when they're sat down at the diner, the guy who's kind of, you know, you you feel has the money in the church yes. and dictates yes.
0: how things should be done. I definitely have seen him. Yeah, there's a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And from the trailer of this movie, the trailer gives away nothing. It, it doesn't tell you anything. Oh, In it's fact, so good! If you just if you just sort of use sort of current events and your history of the Catholic Church, you think this is going to be about one thing. I totally did. I thought this was going down the altar boy. Route. Oh, did you? I didn't get that. No, no, I didn't get it from the trailer. I just... Because the trailer was so vague. Yeah. I just thought there's like a deep, dark secret or something and that's where it's going to go. Or maybe he discovers something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. not him. Yeah, I didn't he, assume. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. gets some kind of knowledge. Because I heard there was some kind of like a a vendetta. Yes. Right? And I... Oh, okay. So yeah, Ethan Hawke learns that there's some something going on and he has to do that. No. That is not what this movie Even is remotely. about. And... And we'll, we'll help each other out a little bit, but this, so basically Ethan Hawke plays priests of First Reformed Church, and the church is reaching its, is it 200th anniversary? Yeah, it's, it's a big... It's a big it's deal. A, it's a big anniversary. Yes, but what's sort of driving the, the characters is Amanda Seyfried and her husband, they're activists, and they've just kind of recently moved to this town, they've started going to this church, and the guy is an activist and it's, it's global, it's global warming. It's, yeah. it's the, it's basically the welfare of the planet yeah. and, and, and how, what we're doing is destroying it. And it's got him in a very dark place. Yes, it does. So the where it's worried his pregnant wife into having to reach out to the Ethan Hawke character. Yes. Um, he's having some suicidal and homicidal thoughts and, um, but does have some kind of a connection to Ethan Hawke. Yeah, not, and not just, not just this guy, Wanting Ethan Hawke's help, but this guy also starts to alter how Ethan Hawke is viewing the world. Yeah, they
1: have a couple of, of really great debates. Yes, uh, some of the best scenes in the movie is, is that one where they first meet, and just
0: having that back into I was in that. Yeah, like I was. Yes, not breathing. This and actually something I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna give credit to in the movie we're about to talk about. Um, I, there was a lot of long takes. Yes, and not and not fancy directing. This was a movie where it's like I trust my actors, I trust my text. I'm gonna let them do what they need to do. Yeah. I would say part of the turn is that this, this hotshot guy who's got this money, he, I think he owns like a, um, it's like an oil refinery. It's a like, fracking with, yes. kind of thing. He is one of the big people funding this anniversary celebration of the church. Right. And so now Ethan Hawke has this weird moral dilemma where he's taken a shine. particularly to Amanda Seyfried. And he really cares about her and, and this family because she's, she's yeah. uber pregnant. Yeah. And he's getting
1: all kinds of pressure from Cedric the, the larger, yes. yes, the larger church that is kind of a part oh, the of the, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the mega church. Oh, yeah, the mega church.
0: right. And it's it's it, it it makes you it makes you as the watcher, but also through Ethan Hawke's eyes, really start to question like, well, where do I what do I do? You know, I'm a man of faith, but I'm I'm also facing this internal dilemma. Yeah, I'm I'm bound to you know help my community. And part of what's going on too, and, and I I love this, is he's keeping this journal. He's going to keep a journal every day for a year, as a, as an experiment. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to say too much more. Well, it seems like the whole
1: Pepto-Bismol and and whiskey thing has become something of an iconic. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure people will at least that that'll. Get a light bulb
0: going in some people's head if you're on social media because I know that that was talked about a lot. Well, and it's, and you think about what I love about this movie is all the, the realistic way in which all of this stuff is mounting on Ethan Hawke. Yeah, because he's, he, we got the feeling pretty
1: early on he's not a well man. Something yes. is, his body is turning against him. Yep. Maybe he's got cancer.
0: Maybe he's got something else. Yep. Uh, he's, he's definitely an alcoholic. Yep. He's, having to deal with the, the big deal that is this church's anniversary, and now he's dealing with this new family and, and these activists and, and new thoughts. To, and to spoil a little something, he lost a son. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's, and wh- I think why I, what what's so interesting about this movie is the realistic way in which this all is building on him. And it leads to an ending that I find very hard to watch, but earned, oh yeah and and also it's an it's an it's an open ending you really don't know like in your mind where the story goes but i I love the last 10 minutes of that film are breathtaking and there's a moment that I I think in any other movie I would have hated and and I I'll be vague but specific so if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about but if you haven't I'm not giving anything away it's that moment where he's kind of floating over the earth it's yeah. all it's like it's the very pristine and then it kind of floods into like that 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 gross boat and it like yeah. you see the toxic kind of stuff i and i think in any other movie would have hated that but it was handled so well in this movie the that the scene with him and amanda cypher yeah it's just it's so uniquely powerful yeah and again as of this recording it's on prime so watch it there's no reason to not watch it well as
1: are a bunch of a24s films. yes I mean, this is a yeah. studio that i am head over heels in love with yeah and i can't and the next one on my watch list is a prayer before dawn
0: oh i don't think i've even uh, heard of this one
1: so that's the uh joe cole who's in the peaky blinders series he okay. plays a, a british boxer uh who's in a thai prison oh yeah it, it looks very good sweet they just make good stuff they do they, I,
0: them and annapurna are like yeah. on really good this they're walls. like
1: for me that's this is like where focus features was like circa 2003,
0: 2004. Yeah, yep. Yeah. They were on a roll. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm hoping it stays that way because I, I, I know they've taken a couple of missteps. I've been lucky enough to avoid them. I know there was like that Green Dragon movie with Ray Liotta. I didn't see that. Oh, but, I don't, yeah. But they've hardly put a foot wrong so far. I mean, you think about stuff like Locke Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That, that, I, well, I actually saw those in the same day. I mean, that was a hell of a one seer punch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A great double feature. Interesting double feature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a stiff drink was needed afterwards because oh, sure. I saw I saw Locke first and then under the skin. I, I wish I had reversed I would. That. Have, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Seems um, to happen to me a lot. Sure. <laughs> uh, but so, but the, this talk of First Reformed really leads well into the movie that we're talking about today. And uh, it's, a, it's a film that you helped us pick. We had a poll out there between Bergman and Fellini. We were like, well, let's see which one we're going to go with. And uh, I think it was pretty close. Or was it overwhelming? I, I feel like Bergman kind of ran the away with towards, it yeah. towards the end. Towards the end. Yeah. So anyway, we ran with uh, Ingmar Bergman, and we decided that we were going to tackle maybe his most iconic movie. Well, if it's not his most iconic movie, I mean, what else would you choose? That's I. I well, I. I think I think there's a I think there's a Fanny and Alexander like oh, subculture. Yeah. But I think in terms of persona, the, the probably imagery, would be another one. Yeah. Well, we'll get there in a second. But anyway, so we decided to go with The Seventh Seal. Uh, Written and directed by Ingmar Bergman, which is sort of based off, initially, of a a radio play that he had been working on. It was like
1: a one-act, I think the, the, uh, I don't know the Swedish name for it, but I think it translates to wood painting.
0: Yes, yep. Yes, I'm not going to pronounce. I'm not going to try to pronounce yeah. it.
1: But originally premiered in Sweden in uh, February of 1957, and then later went on to, to Cannes that year where yes. it did very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, if you lived in the U.S., uh, you didn't get to see it until October of the following year. Yeah. But this film, I mean, if you want to go straight into awards, I mean, this film was completely
0: ignored by the Academy. Oh yeah. Yep. I know there there are other ultimate types of awards, but you know, I try to keep it to some of the big ones so that if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. I wrote down that it, it won the Special Jury Prize at Cannes and was nominated for the Palme d'Or. Right. And it, the, the Special Jury
1: Prize was tied with a film called Canal, which is I, I believe it was about Polish resistance fighters in World War II or something like that. But, yeah.
0: But even though it didn't have, like, the accolades at the time, it, it currently sits as at 146 on the IMDb 250. It's got a 93% fresh. Yep. Uh, I, both, I mean, both, actually. Both. Yeah. Both. Critic and audience. And, uh, hey, another time for us to plug Criterion Collection.
1: Oh, this has been in the Criterion Collection since the beginning. Yeah, it's one of the early ones. Yeah. Yeah. And their their Blu-ray remaster is just... I have not seen the Blu-ray remaster of it. It's so good. No. It is stunningly good. Yeah. Great features on it, too. Yeah, I, and that's that's, I, that's what I was curious about. Was, the, the Bergman Islands, the little 80-minute documentary. Yeah. Fantastic. You'll love that. Okay.
0: I don't really have any, any quotes because I didn't really find any reviews at the time. I did have something from Ebert that he wrote way way later. Yeah. Because this made his did, did
1: this make his great film yeah, list? It yeah. It did.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just I like that he said images like this have no place in modern sim- in cinema, which is committed to facile psychology and realistic behavior. In many ways, Bergman's The Seventh Seal has more in common with the silent film than with the modern films that follow it, including his own, which I think is is it's very true. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, there's some stuff. I know you you said you saw Haxon months back and God. didn't like it, but I did not it, like what you, that movie. It, it, In bringing up silent films, yeah, no, that's that's interesting the way he phrased that because it does. It, it, there are moments you could believe this was made during the silent era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something about the tone of it that that really speaks of the silent era to me. Yeah. Now that he said that, that's a, that's really helped me phrase that. Thank you, Roger Ebert.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you were a smart guy, Ebert. He, but, was, sorry, he was okay. Have you seen his documentary, Life Itself? No. It's really good. I, I, I've i been meaning to. Okay. So, I feel like we're just going to hop right into this movie. Yeah. Um, Probably would help to explain the plot a little bit. Do you want to do the honors, or do you want me to, to jump in here for you? Oh, no, we, oh, we, oh, we sorry, I was, I was looking down to oh. remember a name, because oh, I wasn't okay. quite sure. I only know him as The Knight, but I know his name is Antonius Block. That's right. And uh, his name is only said twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, Max von Sydow, who... Jesus, this guy's been in films forever. Yes, man.
1: Well, the inter- the thing is, is that they made him up to look like he was in the '70s, in his '70s, in The Exorcist, when he really wasn't that old when he made The Exorcist. No. And So the problem is, is that's the image of Maximilian Sidow that I have
0: in my head. Which so is crazy. Like, is this guy just immortal? Because I, well, I we watched what's uh, what's the nine what's the eleven movie? Incredibly loud. And yeah, 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 yes, yes. yeah, yes. We watched that maybe I don't know eight months ago or something. I can't remember. Uh and, and, and um, he has a, a a small part in that. Yeah, here. yeah. Well, he's pretty good. pretty good chunk. Oh, okay. But, like, it's so funny you say the thing about The Exorcist, because, like, God, he looks a little bit older and incredibly loud and extremely loud and incredibly close, but only a little bit. And yeah. I was like, that was, like, 40 years after The Exorcist, yeah. a little less, but, like, that's just nuts. Well, I didn't realize it. I only,
1: you know, in listening to, to uh, I just on a whim, I still like to listen to commentaries here and there. Yeah. I, I was just looking to, for something to have on in the background. I put on Friedkin's commentary on the exorcist and they were talking about how they made him up and then it finally started to click i was like okay all right so now that's why he's not just defying age <laughs> it's because i have that image of yeah. him in the exorcist being made up to look that old when i thought okay that's just him when it's not yeah but he's probably
0: the only name i think that that most people would know it, it besides bb anderson who i only know as like a Bergman actress. Yes. That's... I didn't know anybody else from this movie. No. Yeah. So, so basically, Antonius Block and his squire, Jans, they're returning from... The Crusades. Yeah. It's which about... sounds weird, because I feel like there's well, there wasn't, like, an end date to the Crusades, but... No. Yeah, yeah there were... But
1: the idea is this is about the 13th century. Yeah.
0: And right off the bat, we're basically introduced to death. Now, is there we've talked about
1: iconic things in the last couple episodes i think i mentioned in strange love is there more a more iconic line than no fighting in the war room is there in the in the last episode et is there a more iconic shot in american cinema than the bike in front of the flying in front of the moon yeah is there anything more iconic in art house cinema in foreign cinema than those two sat on the beach
0: playing chess I, it would be hard to find something yeah it really is. I mean, and and it's totally it's broken into the the pop culture zeitgeist. I yeah. mean, it, it that kind of stuff pops up all over the place. Yeah.
1: I mean, I knew about that scene years before I ever saw the film because yeah. I mean, it's Bill and Ted's. Bill brother. and Ted, yeah. I think that's the best parody of it. I love the way they play. They play like what Twister and Battleship. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, it's Bill and Ted. Yeah. But that's that was some really clever. Yeah. writing yeah. there, as far as that goes. I mean, well, at least an, an homage
0: to a classic yeah. film.
1: Oh. And, and another one that I, I don't think maybe people don't draw the comparisons to all that much is Monty Python. The guys at Monty Python obviously love this film because they're a reference to it throughout Holy Grail. Yeah. Especially with the monks beating themselves about the face while yeah. they sing that chant is very indicative of the, uh, the, the march that happens later in the Seventh Seal, the, yes. the procession yeah. of death
2: yes oh god so
0: much death in this film a self-flagellation going on in that them walking it goes on for so long it's like the it it is making you watch this for a really long time
1: Um, anyway so we were talking about the plot so they've come back from the crusades yes and they they walk into this town i mean the the whole point of the film is to show you this plague-stricken yes the the plague-stricken Part of the world, uh, and yeah. the fact that this was running rampant, you know, killing off millions of people, and the and the, the dealing with mortality, yes, and yes. you know, faith versus religion. That's uh-huh. that's the note that I kept writing. Yep. This is an example of faith versus religion. Yep. Right. Oh yeah. And so they meet. Who do they meet first? They meet the guy who's going to who's he's found a dead body in the barn. Yes. And he's he goes to steal the uh, the bracelet off of her, and then uh, John's catches him. And then there's the whole back and forth with the girl that he saves. Which is really weird. Yeah, so here's the deal with, with Jones' character. <laughs> I feel like he is supposed to be the everyman. Like, we're seeing everything from his perspective. Well, he's, 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 he's supposed the, to be our link into this
0: movie. He's the everyman, and he's not quite the voice of reason, but he's the one... He's the one basically sort of giving the very kind of, like, the, the social commentary yes. throughout the movie. But he says a lot of things
1: where it's it's hard to relate to him. Yeah. Because are like, okay, I get this guy. He's going to be my... Now, this is my fourth or fifth time seeing this film. Oh, so is th- it? These aren't the opinions. This was my first. Oh, wow. Yeah. So these these are opinions that I have formed over several viewings. Sure. So for the first time I saw it, okay, so this guy is supposed to be my doorway into this film.
0: Yeah. Which yeah, I get.
1: He's, he's just talked about how I could have raped you. Yes. But I tire of that kind of love. It ends up dry in the end. I, Jesus which Christ. Which is him basically admitting that he is a rapist. Yes. So now, how am I supposed to identify with this guy? Oh, but he because of his quips. Yeah, he's really witty. Oh yeah, and, but and then she comes along with them, you know, because he needs a he needs a. She comes along with him. Yeah. Not so willingly. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But. I don't yeah. really see her resisting either. I mean, she just kind of joins the the wagon train, the eventual wagon train that will happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And because he needs a housekeeper. Yeah. Anyway, we're also introduced to the the actors who were probably. The better doorway into this film, if you want characters to relate to, you have yes. that, that little family unit of, you know, um, there's the, the man and the wife and they're, they have a very
0: a young child. Yes. You imagine
1: this child probably can't be more than a year. Who
0: apparently uh, doesn't wear pants at all. I don't know if they just didn't believe in pants for, for, for little kids. But no,
1: pants weren't invented until the 14th century for children. For so children. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. There you say, go. So clearly s-
0: pants were around. Yeah. Just not for, just for not kids. Just not for kids. Okay, because in case you have a problem with little, little boy penises in this movie, do you see that little boy's penis a lot? Yeah, so don't watch this or the original Superman if that's your problem. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's Anyways, so the guy, the father, yes. who, who may be having visions... Yeah, and and maybe well, maybe seen, seen death
1: too. Yeah, he believes that he has seen the Virgin, and we see the Virgin Mary. Yeah. with what we have to assume is the Christ Child, and she's teaching yes. him how to walk.
0: And so he's um he's an actor.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a troop of actors, and but he's so, more yeah. There's there's the two of them, their child, and then there's the like guy the man, kind of like, like the leading the troop. Yeah.
0: In. So, but the the dad, the guy that we follow, the guy who who has who's been having his name his is, visions. is Joff Joff. Yes. yes. He does all these stretches, he does these little rolls, and he talks about juggling. His juggling in yeah, the movie is, is not great. It's with two balls or whatever he's using, and it's and he only ever has one in the air at any time. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a world-class juggler, but I can juggle three things just fine and four if I'm really concentrating. But like that guy's juggling is Anywhere between Matt and piss poor. He's an awful juggler. <laughs> and it is not that hard to learn. No. And and just find somebody who can juggle. Because if this guy, if this is part of what you're going to shoot, because all he's doing, he's basically just throwing it up in the air no. and, and letting it come back down give, in his hand. Give him the benefit. Of the, he's warming up, man. Give him the benefit of the doubt. He's warming up? Yeah. For the eventual <laughs> juggling scene that we never see? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, great, yeah. great, great. Okay. <laughs> I can see where this episode is going already. Well, that and, and hold on. There's a, there's a line later on where they say, oh, he's an actor. we might as well just die because he's an actor. Remember, th- the the, yeah. the the actor who sleeps with that big guy's wife. So, yeah, ends we're, up we're, in the we're tr- jumping away. It's fine. Blah. We're going to be all over the place. The head actor guy has basically run off with this woman who is the, married. The, the, the Smith's wife. Yes. Yeah. And it's been alluded to that they've had sex. And for some reason later on, and I still don't quite understand this, the big guy, the Smithy, does not... Hurt him, but he doesn't. But the but the the lead actor of the troop has to basically stay behind. He climbs a tree, and Death is cutting the tree down. Is, this is one of my favorite moments in the movie. I don't. I have a problem with the scene overall, but there's a line that says, "Oh, he's an actor." Basically, I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but basically, "Oh, you're an actor. I could kill you for that." No. Yeah. And as an actor, I'm going well. Fuck you, Death. <laughs> He's not going to take kindly to that. Because that is a... P- death? Mm. Or... De- death or Bergman? Death. Death can go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Sorry. Adam's going to live forever. I definitely took offense to, to that <laughs> line. <laughs> Considering that it's the thing I've been spending my life, like, learning and doing. Like, yeah, but it's I, so
1: good, though. He's like, what a, What about my next performance? And death is still just cutting away.
0: It's been canceled. I mean, come on. <laughs> no! Okay, and... Sorry. That's the one thing I definitely I have to bring up, so I'll bring it up now. This movie is funnier than I thought it was going to be. No, totally, it's all over the place. It is, but I thought this was going to be a very serious, yeah, very dark movie, and it it certainly has its moments, but it also has some very human moments. It's in levi- it. the the moments of levity in this movie are are great and and well earned. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where were we in the plot? So they oh, we were all over the place. We, we were all over. The we place. really haven't
0: even gotten to them playing chess yet. Right. Yeah,
1: So that's, that's what happens. So the, the whole point of this the, the film is that Antonius Bloch has kind of bought himself some time. Death has come for them yes. on the beach. And uh, I, he says, I hear you're a master chess player. Would you like to play and maybe we can work out some kind of deal? Yeah. So that the, the inspiration for that is actually a guy named Albertus Pictor, who is actually a character in the film. They never say his name, but he's supposed, to, the painter that Jeans meets is actually supposed to be that guy. He's okay. very famous for those. He was a church painter. You know, he, he painted all the the, icono- the iconography in the churches, mm-hmm. and that was an image he was very famous for was Death playing chess. So that's that's the whole point of the film, is that Antonius Block is going to buy himself some time, and as he's buying this time playing back and forth with Death while they're on the road, there are also these people coming come in and out of their lives like the actors end up joining their Mm -hmm. their troop as well as the smith and his wife yep but in the middle of that we also have a very interesting meeting with a woman who is being blamed as the cause of the plague that she had carnal relations with the devil and now she must be burned so what what's happening in this film is you're also dealing with the way that religion can can sort of sour your mind yeah yeah. So the the whole point of the film is is what is faith and what is religion and where is the line between them and the the film was really written and the play was written because Bergman was was dealing with the ideas of mortality yes. and dealing with the oppression of his religious upbringing. Yeah. And so I saw the first time I saw this was right. I grew up Mormon, as you know. I do. Our, I'm our, not sure our, if listeners our, our listeners do. Our listeners don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I grew up Mormon. And I left when I was about 15, and I think I saw this film about 16 or 17. So I was right in the thick of that and still dealing with what I had grown up with and then, you know, struggling to deal with, okay, what kind of man do I want to be now that I don't have an oppressive cult hanging over me? Sorry to anybody who's listening who's Mormon. Um,
0: I don't think it's our key demographic. I don't
1: think but. it is either, but it certainly won't be now. Um, <laughs> So I, 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 this film just instantly resonated with me. I get that there because there is a difference between having faith and having a belief. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's, it was, I, I hate to bring this film up when we're talking about something so good, but dogma, which is not so good. Oh, I
0: love dogma. It's not great. I love it. Sorry, keep going. Cool. I do love that But movie.
1: They, they, they talk about it and The Chris Rock character talks about that is what is, what is faith and what is belief and having an idea is a good thing. Having belief is not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that this film very much deals with that. If you're familiar at all with the conversation that, that Chris Rock has in that film, that is at the very heart of of the seventh seal. Yeah. And what it means to, you know, try and straddle the line between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the best scenes in the film are actually, or th- I think the best scene in the film is where Antonius Block gets to the church. Oh, and, and confesses? You, yes. Ah! Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah, It's so good. I think that is the best scene.
1: And he's talking about that and, like, needing God and wanting to see that just having a belief in him is not enough. He wants him to reach out and to, to solidify that belief and give his life meaning and purpose. And it's a very... It's a very powerful scene. It's what's so funny to me is is watching the the features on the Criterion edition. There's a, a fellow who, again, I failed. I didn't write down his name, but he did the uh, the commentary on the disc for the original like Criterion Disc in '87, and of course they ported that commentary over. And he actually recorded a little afterward for the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about going over to Sweden and interviewing a lot of the actors that Bergman worked with. And of course the thing that it was news to me that I didn't know is Bergman was never well received in his home country. Oh, while he was alive, he was like, people didn't think very much of him. Obviously he did very well, especially in, uh, in, in places like New York and all the art house theaters. I mean, the, the, the interview with Woody Allen, he yes. talks about how lines would go around the block and, you know, the, the new Bergman movie, but that was a big deal. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> they talk about how the, 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 great thing that this one actor he was talking to said, well, you guys just read the subtitles implying that Bergman said a lot, but didn't really have a lot to say, which is interesting. They feel like the dialogue in its original Swedish doesn't really say much, that he just kind of roundabout gets to the point. He doesn't really get to the point. He just kind of works around it, which I didn't find indicative of this film at all. I knew exactly
0: what Bergman was trying to say. I've only ever seen one other Bergman film, and that's Persona. Yeah. Totally different movie in tone, in, in directing style. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolutely different movie. Well, Persona is the 70s, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a good 20 years. Well, no, Persona's 60s. Oh, yeah, it's 66. Oh, okay, so there's only 10 years. It's then. about a decade. But still, I mean, it is it is wildly different. And what I think is great about both of these movies is it it elicits not a feeling. It doesn't make you f- like necessarily feel something, but it sets mood really yeah. well. And that scene, when he's confessing to death, yeah. I loved, for so many reasons, I love what he was saying. Well, what I also love is he doesn't know that he's confessing to well, death. Well, yes, yes, thank yeah. yes, yes. I was going to say, that the twist that he doesn't know, Yeah. and, because and, you get, it, the plot forwards a little bit, right? Because he basically tells death, without knowing it's death, his plan in the chess, and how yeah. he's winning. Yeah. And then death reveals himself, as like, oh, you tricked me, and it's, so you do get, there is something that moves the plot forward it's not yeah. just this this monologue about faith and religion however the monologue about faith and religion is is very it's so it's earnest yeah and it's funny cuz i don't know that i've had that exact same thought but i know i've had thoughts similar to that yeah. like i'm not a very religious person do i think that life ends at death i don't i don't know i i my honest answer is i hope it doesn't but i don't know that there's a there's a big giant guy up there in the clouds i don't know what it is and i it would be nice to have a, a sense of purpose to know what it's going to Yeah. No. but you just, you're going to have faith. Everybody's going to have a faith in, in whatever that is. And if you're, if your belief is that, well, I'm, um, that's it. When I die, that, that that's it. It's curtains and that's nothing. Then that's fine. That's your faith. But just his, his conviction and, and honesty in that moment is quite lovely. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's for the longest time, the camera doesn't switch back to the other side. It's it's just... The camera is only on Death's side of the um, partition. Mm-hmm. And I, I just... I do. I love... I, that's my that's my theater background of no cuts, of just having the camera roll. I just yeah. loved it. It's good. It's my favorite acting moment and my favorite shot in the movie.
1: I, I completely understand that. It's, yeah. It's incredible.
0: Although I will say, as, uh, as an ignorant first-time viewer, I'm not going to lie... <laughs> I kind of thought this was like a my dinner with Andre type thing where it was just them playing chess for the movie. Oh I'm not really? gonna lie. I so when like they cut away and we meet the act the troop, I was like, Oh shit, there are other people on this movie. Like yeah. I really had no idea <laughs> that there was gonna be more. I thought it was just gonna be a long game of chess and them talking about whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's so this whole thing was a, a pleasant surprise It right? was absolutely or maybe, or maybe not, not, what not so I pleasant. In some parts. No, I'd but,
0: say pleasant. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm sure, yeah, there are moments where it's like, there. Are, yes, there's stuff that's hard to watch. But overall, it was a pleasant surprise because yeah. I didn't know where this was going. So this is where we can transition
1: to talk about, so you talked about his faith in that scene. So now where we have the flip side of that coin is people's belief. And so you see what this plague is is doing to the mindset of the people with that procession that we mentioned earlier. And the fact that you have people flagellating themselves and other people, and you have have guys carrying massive wooden crosses and they stop the actor's performance to give this huge long diatribe about how these could be the end of days. Are you just going to sit here and continue to pollute the world with your laugh? I think is paraphrasing it, but he's picking on random people in the crowd Mm -hmm. and, and you know, Picking on the pregnant woman or picking on the guy who's drunk or, you know,
0: whatever else. For the longest time, the plague, as I knew it growing up, like when you in history books and, you know, when you get to that point in world history, the plagues, yeah, the plagues were that disease that killed a lot of people before we really knew what to do with medicine and what we knew how to how to how to how to cure people. And back when basically the thought that God was punishing all these people with this disease was like most likely the, the thing that was actually causing this. When I went to Edinburgh, for the, I went to the French Festival back in 2011. Yeah. I was performing, but I also saw a lot of shows there. I saw the worst, one of the worst pieces of theater I've ever seen. It was about it was called The Ten Plagues, and it was, it was by a playwright whose whose stuff I had read before, and it was really interesting and dark, and I thought, oh, this could be good. It was a one man musical, by this playwright who was really kind of interesting, and and what sold it for me to go see it was it was the guy, is it from the Eurhythmics? Is that Sweet Dreams? Yeah, yeah. So the the lead singer of that band was the guy in the musical. I was like, well, this is going to be weird. Yeah. Let's see this. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. It was God awful. And the worst part about this experience was that at the end of this musical, it got a standing ovation. And I was like, the one, I was like, I'm not standing for this piece of shit. (laughs) It was it was awful and I got what it was trying to do yeah, yeah. the plagues through the years it was made it made illusions as the play went on to like to AIDS and stuff and like all of these different things that we've called the plague or, or like you know like the, no. it was the, the the potato famine and then we eventually yeah we got to AIDS and it was just, it had this like really grand idea of what it wanted to be but he can't sing and the play was all over the place and I couldn't believe this thing got highly reviewed it was awful wow So, so anyway, so I hadn't really seen anything about the plague until this again. So it's been, geez, what, eight, eight years? No. And I'm glad this is now washing the taste of that thing out of, out of my mouth because this is, this was good. So that was a total tangent. Oh, no, that was, that was interesting. Please bring us back on track.
1: I'll get you back on track. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, Well, that, that procession scene actually leads to one of my, my favorite lines in the whole film is the, and this is where I struggle with that. The John's, the Squire character, is because again we're supposed to relate to him, yet he says all these terrible things. But on the flip side, he says great. He has yes. he has both the best dialogue in the film, and also the worst dialogue in the film. Yeah. He has a line at the end of procession where he says, "All this bemoaning of death. Do they think it will sustain modern man?"
0: It's just I, I love that. Yeah. Because that's it's a timeless line. I think my favorite line, and I wrote it down, and it's it, it's a little overly sentimental, but I do like it. And it's at one point I I think it's I think it's Block, but I don't I I'm not entirely sure who says it, but it says, "Love is most perfect in its imperfections." And I really I really like that's, that line. That's good. Yeah.
1: I think that is the Squire. I think that's in the scene where the, he's kind of commiserating with the with the, the Smith after yeah. his wife has run off with the actor. Yeah. But as you as you move past this point in the film, past the procession, what I really love is the way that Death takes an interest in the rest of the people that are joining. The you know this wandering band trying to with the knight and his squire trying to get back to his castle, and and that's where he realizes this is the one good thing that I can do with this time that I have left, you know while I'm playing, you know chess with death because obviously he knows he can't beat him. Yes. And so now that I've seen that he's taking an interest in them, I've got to find a way to save them. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And and offer myself up as almost bait, which leads to that great scene. My favorite shot in the film. Is uh, after they've uh, they're all together they make camp, and then there's the the guy that they first encounter or that John's first encounters who is dying of the plague. Yes, yes, and they're trying to keep him away from camp. Yep, and the the girl that he quote unquote rescued is going to run to this man, and he holds her back and tells her, "Oh, there's there's nothing you can do," and mm-hmm. he's trying to remind, "Look, there's this is it. Like yeah. you're only going to." you know, infect yourself if you go over to this guy. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. And, and having to watch death happen in front of you. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a scene, there's a shot with the knight, and he's got a shroud up, and he's got the the sword kind of in the crook of his arm, and the way that he looks up at death, that look that Von Sidow gives there, like, he knows this is it. Yeah. I'm going to lose this game. These will be my last, you know, I'm coming to my last moments on Earth, but yeah. I still have a chance... There's a a lot of subtext in that look that he gives it. It's some of the best
0: non-verbalized acting that I've ever seen. Well, and I I also like the way that he very obviously knocks over the pieces when he's playing. And, of course, then
1: they ride off in their wagon and Death is distracted because he's like, I don't remember where the pieces are. And Death goes, well, I do. And as he's doing that, they ride off. And he sees there's the realization that, yes, I pulled it
0: off. Now, there is something I want to bring up. I watched this little video about the chess game and the way that it is anachronistic to how you would play chess now because the moves they're making with the pieces are not the same yeah, yeah. and to the people who made that video um i don't fucking care <laughs> um and i get that there's i get that there's symbolism yeah. with he's a knight and then the castle yeah. and the queen i've got to get your queen and i get it and i and actually i think that's great i love no. the game of chess in right. this because setting the, where there the are wife. kings and queens and 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 rooks and knights and, and yeah. i get it i love it and pawns the pawns are like the is everybody they've sort of gathered along the way yeah. i i get it i love it i think that's yeah. great i don't care how chess was played in the 13th century and that this is wrong bergman i think bergman said that he wanted to do a film he wanted to set this in that time but with the modern sensibilities, modern angst. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I think that is part of what makes this movie work. And so somebody, I don't know who did that video. I don't know if you want to call them out. I don't, I don't. It was, maybe, maybe, I might even post it to our Facebook page no. around this episode and just, it's like, this is what I watched. And it, and again, it's not that it's... It seems like they missed the point. Well, it's... Because I it, it is, a, it, there are a lot of modern sensibilities throughout this there, the there is, and I, I get why they did it, but, like, it's really, it's got, like, kind of production value, and it, 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 it actually looks like they spent a lot of time on it, and I'm, I was just sitting there going, man, but but what are your thoughts about the movie? Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't really seem to have any. Yeah, which and is I, disappointing. Like,
1: yeah. I would love to have that kind of disposable time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, they they end up, through their travels, obviously, the, the, the troop of actors, or at least the... the Joff, Mia, and their child—they get yeah. away. I think the child's name is Michael or Mikhail or oh, something remember. like that. Little penis boy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> they get away, and of course, they end up making it to the castle where the, the knight's wife has been waiting for him, despite
0: all the uh, you know talk the,
1: of the plague. And,
0: well, and the time, right? It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Yeah. So because yeah, he's been crusading for, I mean, guys would go off and crusade for decades. So who knows how, how long he's been gone? You know? Yeah. And there is, of course, that great scene at the end where death finally comes for them all. And yeah. he can't help... He, Even though he's, he's played this game of chess with death, he knows the end is coming, he still kind of turns to God. So he still has come through this with his faith, which yeah. is kind of the thing that I like about the movie. Yeah. One of the things I really like a lot about it, even though you have, again, the Jones character, kind of the duality of him, whereas, again, he's had some very very smart things to say and some very not so smart things to say. He still rails against the night. You know, why are you blubbing and turn? There's nothing that God can do to help you essentially is what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're still turning to him. So again, you have that duality of faith and belief. Yeah. And which again, that, and that leads to the dance of death, which again yeah. is something else that has A, been parodied. Another yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I didn't know until I was uh, doing some reading about it for this, that those, those aren't the actors. Those are, those are doubles. Yes. Yeah, it's because all the actors had gone home, and yeah. of course, they, he saw a cloud formation that he thought was interesting. He's like, "Oh, I got to put him up against that." And of course, we have the the realization that these aren't just visions that Joff is having because he sees them.
0: Yeah, right?
1: yeah. And she said, "I love that line at the end that dismissal of all oh, the you and your visions." I know there's yeah. a, there's a lot about this film that I guess you could say is kind of quaint. Sure, but. And, and and tonally, I can see how some people would be put off with it. I, I mentioned earlier that tonally, this film is kind of all over the place. It, it has is. some very dark, intense. Moments. I mean, there's the scene where they they the, come across the witch again. Yeah, and I was say, and that's yeah, I, I, incredible stuff. I love the uh, I love what he says to her or way she she said she encourages him to look into her eyes yeah. and see the devil. And he sees I don't see anything in your eyes but dumb terror. Yeah, that again is such a brilliant moment. The fact that you know you're coming to the realization that you know your faith has abandoned you now as you're about to die and so you see nothing right there's a there's another great line where they're talking as they're watching her get strung up um she sees emptiness in moonlight her terror is ours yeah great stuff about about having to face the void and what it and this plays into bergman's how he felt about mortality at the time and having to stare into the void and does something stare back
0: yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get fairly philosophical with this episode I don't know if I'm pulling it off no, or no, not no no you are I mean I think between this and, and and First Reformed just talking about both of these movies I mean because I could make this a whole lot more personal and I'm not going to sure sure and I, I think this movie does a good job of of getting you to purposefully ask these questions yeah you know, and, and I, I think if it was just beating you over the head with it, I, nobody would want to. I think that's why, you know, you, you have death as a character. You know, that's why you have the character of Johns in the first place to yeah. help sort of see both sides of this. Yeah.
1: And how much do you love, speaking of death as a character, how much do you love when he finally wins the chess game and the knight asks him to reveal his secrets and he says, I know nothing. I love that. I love the the bleak kind of emptiness of that. He's just death. He's yeah. just here to take you. Yeah. Death death has no death has no belief death has no faith yeah he's he's just death yeah he's here to end your life yeah that I I love that
0: so much I I, like you know you can you can only cheat death for so long yes yeah
1: yeah Yeah. which is which is a great way of putting it because that's that's what the film is you know he's he's trying to
0: cheat him or trying to extend oh yeah he had it yeah he knew how he could extend the game you know when he's confessing his his moves to death yeah I mean. You know, in a we, I these these movies aren't the same, but you know, this this maybe thought think a lot about Rashomon, right? They're both black and white. They're both art house films, films. yeah. yeah. But they're both not very long. No, you know, this is under two hours. Oh, I didn't. I don't feel a beat of Seven Seal, even on the fifth or sixth time. And it's just, you know, I feel like the fact that this is a movie that's it's you know it's a foreign film, it's black and white, it's old, it's about religion. Mm. You know, you could see how this would turn people off. And sure, it's not a a rewatchable movie. It's not like oh, I'm gonna pop on Seventh Seal. Yeah. But when I think of and I am kind of heading towards my answer, just so you know. But like when I think about this book, and I I keep going back to the title of the book, "A Thousand One Movies You Must See Before You Die." Yeah. Oh yeah. You should see this before you die because this film is going to challenge you yeah it, it's, exactly. it's one of, it's
1: one of the the first ones i think that we've done which is i mean we we did requiem for a dream which is challenging in a different way yeah but this is challenging in a sort of morality based way or in a way that makes you think about things existentially
0: yeah yeah in, in a way requiem in, in an odd way it's kind of a call to action like it, that, yeah. it's going to make you it's going to physically like nope yeah. Cool. Yep. Needles. Nope. I don't, good. Not gonna worry about that. Yeah. But this one has deeper questions. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Which is which is great. And I think, you know, again talking about like you know movies versus film or cinema. Like this this is cinema. This is this is this is existential. This is gonna make you think. Yeah. This is gonna
1: really. Well, good good comparison to to Rashomon. I mean, they do ask a lot of the same yeah. morality kind of questions. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a lot of a lot of questions that I don't feel are being asked
0: enough in cinema now. Yeah. That's fair. Well, and, until you get to a movie like First Reformed. Yeah. Right. And it's it's unfortunate that, that that not getting a lot of play because it it's a really interesting movie. Yeah. And the fact that it, it mixes religion in with with global warming and science and and it mm-hmm. it, it just blends a lot of stuff. And I, I don't feel like it forces it either. It just sort of it, it's it is what it's about.
1: I well I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to find out that Schrader was a big fan of Bergman and sure. I, I'm sure Ber- if Bergman was still alive today that he would probably see some value, a lot of value in a film like First
0: Reform. Yeah, I would, I would agree.
1: Are there any other, we've talked about some favorite lines. Um, there's another line, I love the way that it opens with the, the Bible passage, the Lamb opened the seventh seal and in heaven there was uh, a silence about half an hour. I love that. that and and,
0: and what, what part of the Bible does that come from? Revelations. Yeah, but who, who's, do you know who um... I don't. Uh, biblical quotation from the Revelation of Saint John the Divine. Boom. Last name. Take that. You were
1: you were waiting for that, weren't you? I really was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you proud of yourself? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Um, we uh, not on every episode, but on some episodes we do the
0: unsung hero. Do you have an unsung hero in this film? I I don't I don't know. I feel like most of the actors that I would that I, I really like are they're in the movie enough. Yeah. They're all sung fairly well. I feel like actually, and I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't have the name, but I, I really, I do like the cinematography.
1: Yeah.
0: I love the, um, the little passage of time, the montage at the beginning over the cliffs and over the the rocks and everything. That's all shot really well. And I do. And that's the thing too, is, you know, I think Bergman's going to get a lot of credit for, you know, the shot of death and the the dance of death at the end of the movie, but they're shot really well too. Yeah. And so I'm going to give some credit out there to the cinematographer of this movie. I like that. That's yeah. a good answer.
1: What about you? For me, it's the uh, it's it's the um, the girl that John saves.
2: Cause she doesn't that's have a good any, one. She,
1: she doesn't have any dialogue until the end. Everything she does has to be reactionary. That's a that's a good answer. And the best the best acting is is reaction, right? Yeah. So and she has the one line at the end that it is finished. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is kind of trying to parallel the what, what if Christ was alive. I don't I don't know supposedly up there he said it is accomplished or whatever those were his last words if he was a real person and all that stuff really happened but i, I feel like they're kind of going for that comparison yeah with with a with a line like that yeah i mentioned my favorite shot i don't think we we hit yours or did we no no my favorite sh- my in, favorite in the scene confession. shot is the confession in the confession yeah. i mean i
0: right. do I, I love the very iconic moments that we talked about with death at the beginning of the chess game and and yeah. the dance of death at the end but I love me a long take, and not like a complicated one either. Not like no. Goodfellas, but like I, which I wish like too. But that scene it was a simple scene where the actors filled it with everything, yeah. and I, I that that Definitely. is by far and away my favorite part of the movie.
1: Now the the song that they sing while they're performing and they're the uh, and while off you know, behind the tent, there's the actor who yeah. runs off with the Smith's wife. Yeah, I I always thought that that was. That it was kind of a distraction, like I—that's part of the movie I never really enjoyed until this viewing. Yeah, where I started to really like dig into the the, and maybe I'm probably reading into it, but the way they're singing about those those animals and the animals are not making the right animal sounds. I love the idea that maybe that's a commentary on the madness of the day, the fact that this plague has seeped into people's minds so much. I don't know. I, something that I would Here's what I'll there.
0: say. I, I really actually like that as an answer. Oh, do you? I never... I did not... I mean, obviously, my first time watching it, so I just thought it was a very awkward play that they were performing yeah. for these people.
1: Well, I know, I, and that's the, the, the subtext, the layer upon layer of subtext in this film. This is a film that I think would advocate not only should you see it before you die, but I would recommend multiple viewers yeah, on this so There's this, a lot to unpack in the, this thing.
0: The movie this most reminded me of that we've done so far... Was it's it's actually uh, Stalker. It's the yep. movie that I'm like I, I have opinions, but I, I need to I need to let time sit and yep. I need to watch it again, and and honestly it makes me want to watch more Bergman. Yes. like like Stalker made me want to watch more Tarkovsky. I know I've only seen two two Bergman films. Um, I really liked this. Yep. I love Persona. That movie just is insane, and I love it. And I can't wait to get to that movie. Um, the wild strawberries is another
1: one that's been on my list for a long time. The one he did the same year as, yeah. as Seven Seal. The uh,
0: uh, you know during the movie the wife says that she picked some wild strawberries. That, that is correct. Whatever that's worth, I just think that's kind of fun. I, yeah. th- I like that. A kind nice of little connected tissue. It's that, like it's like when John Carpenter had the kids watching the original The Thing in Halloween, yeah. only to turn around and make the thing. Yeah, I yeah. think that's I think that's yeah. great.
1: Um, so I think that's that's well, it's
0: a yes from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a yes yeah it's definitely a yes for me okay yeah and again I, I I whenever a movie is this short I will stress this because it's an hour and a half, a little, it's like ninety six minutes I think is what I wrote down so yeah. watch it yeah if you don't like it if you don't like the way it makes you question things, congratulations that's what you're supposed to be feeling you're supposed to be questioning things yeah. so <laughs> you're gonna that's exactly the point of the it's, movie it's it's good
1: it's good you know it's good brain food
0: yeah yeah and in a movie this iconic and and filled with with great text and images it, it, it survived this long for a reason so give it a shot and and criterion they don't they they don't really put out schlock and and even if you don't like the movies they've they they put out they do a really good job of putting them out so um criterion please fund us um but I anyway I, it's a yes from me for sure excellent um but you I'm, know
1: i didn't know it was your first time seeing it I was no, very, i'm totally. excited by that yeah totally
0: yeah. my first time seeing this movie but we'd like to know if it was your first time, or if it was your fifth or your tenth, um, and if you liked it or not. So please find us on Twitter, or on Facebook. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Uh, you, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. Uh, we'll be working on trying to find some other platforms to release these on. But for now, we've got some pretty big ones out there, so you, you can find us. And uh, we left Fellini out but we just we have a pull up right now so Fellini is is in the future for us so we'll we'll get to him we got some other great stuff coming up we got another John Ford John Ford is going to be our first double director i don't know if you know that oh you know i yeah i, I just thought about that the other day yeah. um we won't tell you which one yet <laughs> whatever
1: I, I watched the trailer for the one we're going to do and i i can't say i'm totally excited about it i i don't i don't know anything about it so, so it'll be it'll be interesting hopefully the trailer is not indicative of the way the rest of the film looks sure
0: Um, But enough mystery for now. Until next time, I'm Adam. And I'm Ian. And we will see you next week.